Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Minor Wisdom. This week I've got Nicole Morgan from the Thespian Board. She's been around for a while now in the world of education. I've also got some interviews with Backdoor Theater, Talented Tent Theater, and Theater Off the Square. Three theaters, three smaller theaters that offer summer programs. And I know now is the time, or actually towards the end of that time, thinking about what are we going to do for the summer I know I've got my own camp that I run with my wife here in Fort Bend ISD, so I'll plug that as well. But those camps that are all around the state, we want our kids to get enriched even further, get another opinion, get another set of eyes on their art, on their acting, on their tech, get some more education. Uh, That's what it's all about. But we want that. And so I I decided I wanted to talk to a few more people to just kind of open up the door to some other opportunities that you can introduce to your students so that they can go off and explore different things. None of these are sleepaway camps, but they might be regional and something you might be interested in, something you can look up on your own time. But this is uh, or these are the people that kind of hustle these camps and want you to attend. Again, down here in Fort Bend, we've got a camp that goes from sixth graders or, or exiting sixth graders to entering 12th graders. So we, we have a great time doing six days with them, and it is a full day. It is when the parents go to work to when the parents leave work. It is practically 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., and we have a lot of feedback that tells us that that's a good thing because those parents love knowing that their kids are doing something that is valuable, something that they want to do. And 99% of the kids that go to these camps, which is what I tell new teachers all the time, 99% of those kids want to be there. It is a completely different experience than teaching theater one and having 15 athletes in a class or 10 seniors that just need that fine arts credit and don't care at all. And a lot of these kids that go to these camps are driven, passionate kids that actually want to do theater. Not all of them are good at theater, but that's the reason we're there is to help them get better. Anyway, that's towards the end of this podcast. So once again, please make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast. It is on iTunes. It is on Google. It is now on Spotify. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, Mr. Blake Miner. You can also get on Facebook, Miner Wisdom. So long as you are getting a hold of me, following me, whatever you need to do, just so you stay up to date with this podcast. Also, this week, it was really fun. This is just a side note. I am helping TETA this year with some of their booth placement, so I'm getting to schedule where some of these people are going to be located in Dallas in late September. And it's kind of fun getting to talk to some of these people that are going to be their vendors and such. And a lot of these people are also at Thespians, but you know, take advantage of these booths. Take advantage of these people that are going to be there. I know that is a ways away. We are ending the school year, and I'm talking about the beginning of the school year. But you need to take advantage of these people. They are there for you. They are there for you. That is something that 
I've learned to realize that uh, when I walk around these these booths and these um, sort of convention halls just to talk to people, I realize that they're just wanting to 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 do business with you, and uh, that's something that's easy for some of us in some districts because our districts don't have as much red tape, and that's something that is impossible in other districts. Anyway, let's move on to this week's Groner Joke of the Week. Teacher says, why are you late, Joseph? Joseph, because of a sign down the road. Teacher says, what does a sign have to do with you being late? Joseph, the sign said, school ahead, go slow. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this week's interview is with Miss Nicole Morgan. Enjoy. I graduated from Southwestern University, and I went there to become a lawyer and worked through the theater department because it paid my uh, bill and, and decided to get married. And so law school was put on hold for family. And I found that I absolutely fell in love with being in the classroom. And so I started, hired right out of college at St. Pius X High School, which was adding a theater program. And Sister Donna Pollard believed in me and then gave me the chance to not only build a theater program, but a fine arts program where I actually experienced what it was like to hire music teachers and begin a choir program and things of that sort. After a while there, uh, before they really got involved in competition theater, I was asked to interview for a job in Spring Branch at Memorial. And I wound up working at Memorial High School and rebuilding their program in the 16 years that I was with that school district. While there, I started in a trailer and grew a program into 320 kids where I really learned teamwork. And I think that's what inspires me the most about theater is that it's team-based. It's nothing you can do by yourself it's something that forces you to learn to be dependent and work together. And I think that's probably my biggest calling is that I love being part of something bigger than myself. And theater really answered that for me. It also allowed me to have fun at work. I don't think I could be in a job where I was in an office and had to sit there day after day doing the same thing. Uh, I was one of those kids that changed my room all the time, uh, made a mess here, then cleaned it up because it gave me things to do. And theater allows me to do that. So it kind of feeds my my inner self as well as the need to just share stories with people. So that would be how I got into the whole theater thing, minus the fact that I started it in high school when I was through playing sports and needed something different to do. Yeah. (laughs) And, 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 and knowing you, uh, sports are a big part of your life. Uh, and your husband, your husband's a coach, right? (laughs) 
Yes, my husband coaches pretty much anything and everything. I think soccer is the one thing that was probably not real strong in, in our house. Right. But I will tell you that I am known as a very successful coach, uh, having been in charge of the rugby program in Spring Branch for five years. I did, like, make it to the state finals four years out of those five. Hmm. So. <laughs> so you're like you're like the steward savage of rugby, aren't you? <laughs> wow! Right now, I think I could be, but um, I think the Woodlands is uh, doing yeah. really well with that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of already answered what drives you, what keeps you passionate, and continue to teach theater. Was there anything else that you want to add to what gets you out of bed in the morning and and gets you into the classroom and energized, ready to go? I would say, as most teachers know, the day-to-day grind can be really tough, but it's those moments that happen where a kid comes up to you and is just devastated one day, and they walk up to you and say, thanks for being there. You're always looking for those moments as a teacher. Uh, You're always looking for the aha moments. And I always tell the kids, I, I go to work because one day they're going to have to take care of me when I'm too old to take care of myself, and I need them to be really smart. So uh, I think, you know, like you said, it's it's one of those things that you have a calling and a passion for it, and right now I still enjoy it. And one day in the future when I don't enjoy it, I'm sure I will figure out something else to do. So speaking of of kids taking care of you, your own kids – your uh are are theatrical to to a point right yes they both were involved in my program and my daughter was involved all four years my son mostly stuck to musicals because um you always need a good strong tenor and mom was persuasive because i held the lunch money so (laughs) (laughs) What, so what was that like? I mean, what was, what were some, you know, I feel like I'm going to know what that's like in a couple of years because I, I'm pretty sure Avalyn is going to be in theater, whether she uh, wants to be or not, but I'm pretty sure she wants to be. So I, I think in 10 years, if you check in with me, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to empathize. But what was it like to have, like, what are some pros and cons of having your own flesh and blood strolling through your theater department? I would say the pros are that our kids, when you're a theater teacher, grow up in the theater. They see it. They, um, It's kind of like as a director, when you force your acting kids to tech for the first time, and all of a sudden they start listening to you in the aha moments, they can see them, and it starts to make more sense. When you have a kid in your program listening to you day in and day out, they kind of have an internal knowledge that that transfers onto the stage a little bit quicker. So that would definitely be a positive. You also know what their pitfalls are. You also know what their their buttons are to get them to do things or what not to do to, to cause friction. Tough parts would be that nobody believes that your kid should be the lead ever, even though you work really hard to help every kid. Your kid always is going to have a bit of an advantage because 
they know what you're looking for if they're observant and if they're tuned in and they they watch you and they listen and they watch other kids both of my kids were in playpens on the front of the stage while I was working and as soon as they could walk and talk they were they were on there because there's tons of shows that you need kids in and it's a lot easier to deal with your own uh, than it is to to bring an outside kid. I would also say the negative is is that you as a director have to change the way you go to the process of casting. I moved to having a panel of people uh, to keep it transparent, to keep it honest. Um, I can also tell you when you don't cast your kid, there's a big negative of they may not talk to you for a couple of weeks <laughs> because they don't they don't like you anymore. And and I've experienced the positives and the negatives. I've had people go to administration complaining um, and and wanting to know why my kid got that over another or their kid. And a lot of times you. What you used to use just as a gut instinct, you have to create a paper trail and a support system in your fine arts to help you. So good luck with that. I'm happy to say I'm done with that. Yeah. So so you bring up the panel thing, something that I've done uh, twice now because I've I've with this past year had a new director and the in the first year after or after my first year at Dulles was I had chosen I'd kind of chosen the show, uh, the musical based on who we had, you know, which is what most directors do. You, you kind of have to be dumb yeah. not to, but I did not make any suggestions or recommendations on who should be playing what part. And sure enough, the dominoes fell the way that they were supposed to fall. And, you know, it just goes to show as far as if parents are listening out there, kids are listening out there. It's, it's not necessarily, this crazy idea of favoritism, it's actual talent that fits those parts. And it is. And, and again, a lot of people on the outside don't necessarily understand that we're, we're looking at what our possibilities are so that our whole program is successful. Not just a show, you're looking at the dynamics of how do you help each kid grow and how do you help get give each kid as many opportunities and the audition process is part of the opportunities because I know you have experienced exactly what I have where a kid you didn't expect just knocks it out of the ballpark yeah. and you're like wow yeah. that that's amazing and that's our so. aha moment that's a teacher's aha moment too yes yeah. Yeah. yes so um so you've been teaching now is this 17 18 years uh, I hate to say this. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Well, how long were you at St. Pius then? I was at eight years there. Okay, okay, uh, 16, that's why. Yeah, sixteen in Spring Branch, and then one in Side Fair, and okay. now I'm at my new position. Okay. I wasn't counting so many years at St. Pius. I didn't realize that. You, you yeah. might have. Did you say that at the beginning? And I'm going to sound like a fool. No, I don't think so. I don't okay. know that I. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But hey, we're, well, if it's, you it's, if you did, evening, I'm cutting that out. Good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Try to make myself sound good. So, uh, so your first few years at St. Pius, and, and I guess it's a little bit of a different experience being that it's a private school, but I do want to know what challenges you faced as a young teacher that now 
25 plus years in, you look back and you're like, oh, silly me. That's crazy to have stressed <laughs> over that or, you know, think that that was important or get anxious over this little thing. I would say the most difficult was trying to do too much too fast because we all think we have all of the answers. Um, I don't think you really graduate from college being ready to teach or direct theater. I think it is a process. Uh, looking back, I'm glad that I allowed myself the ability to learn. But it's very difficult when you're only three or four years older than your first group of kids you're teaching and really focusing that teacher, director, mentor part. And I see a lot of young people who probably had those same pitfalls as I did where we wanted to be that cool teacher, um, that teacher that everybody loved, and instead realizing as you get older, kids really do want boundaries and they really do want somebody to care enough to pay attention when they're trying to get away with stuff sometimes. Not all kids, but there are kids that really do need the structure in their lives. And so feel free to, to give it. Um, I would say my other biggie was just having a good time and not trying to one-up myself all the time. I spent uh, about six or seven years where it was about doing it bigger and better instead of having a good time with it and learning myself. I would, I pushed really hard, really fast. So that was kind of tough, but, um, you know, learning, learning how to teach some, it's my belief that some people are born teachers and some people are learned teachers and, not being afraid to walk across the hall and develop relationships. That's what theater is about. And yet sometimes we get stuck in our black box or our classroom and we don't talk to the other people. And it took me a while to realize that when you step outside of those classroom walls, you get to be with adults and that are just as creative in the arts. So. What, so, so the, the impromptu question besides the head custodian who is somebody <laughs> who is somebody in your building that you have to be on good terms with well this year i have a maintenance guy i have an entire team so i'm definitely <laughs> i have purchased a few lunches yeah. just to get through some getting some things fixed but i would say the principal secretary would yeah. be a big one okay because she's got the in to get you into meetings if you need them and putting a little bug in the ear if you need it. Yeah. Uh, so now uh, transitioning to some Texas thespian questions. Uh, how long have you okay. been? How long have you been involved with Texas thespians, and then how long have you been a board member? Oh, that's a good one. Um, my daughter's sophomore year, <laughs> okay. so she's twenty six. So that's at least ten years, eleven years. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just started helping with the first All-State show when she first became an STO. 
and I found it kind of cool, but I didn't think the kids were doing enough. So I was fortunate enough to get asked to help. And then after that, I was asked to join the board. Uh, based on my, my years of work, I was involved in all three Allstate shows, which I think showed my willingness to work. And that was the grunt work, being in the room with the kids, making them clean them, you know, their messes up and things like that. And I think the more visual visual you are in terms of those types of jobs, people start to notice you and that helps get you, you know, involved mm-hmm. in bigger and better things. And I will say that I always volunteered before I really got involved. Right. And that was, you know, back when we were even we were going so far into West East yeah, West Texas yeah. back in the back in the day where I just was and I was visually seen because I would work like the marathon rooms and things like that. So a lot of people were walking past me. (laughs) Yeah. I remember you. Uh, so, um, (laughs) so questions about, and so now you're kind of, uh, heading up the STO program, the, the leadership, the student leadership, correct? Yes. Yeah. So what is, that's uh, kind of my title is leadership. Yeah. So, um, what is something that, in an STO, what are some of those character characterizations? That's a good word for theater. What are some of those characteristics <laughs> that are kind of most valuable in an STO that you that you find? And I know that's it's a there there there's more than just you choosing. So, uh, what are some things right. that you look for though? I think for me, I'm looking for a kid that actually takes the time puts effort into their application first and foremost. We have some students that apply that you can tell it's thrown together. Um, Also by the fact that they don't plan things out, kind of like my interview right now where I'm rambling. Uh, (laughs) the, The other biggie for me is I'm looking for energetic, enthusiastic students who can stand up in front of 7,000 other students and inspire them to get involved or buy a duck or come by our booth and learn about our advocacy programs and things like that. I'm also looking for students willing to meet once or more a month online and plan an entire year. I would say in the last three years, We've looked for students who are extremely gifted in creating social media posts and using programs, their computers, you know, for digital media and things like that, which are really the the tipping point for how we're getting our message out to more and more kids. Because when you only meet once a year, you have to find a way to engage those students to stick with you and and stay involved in Texas theater all year round. So those would be the the big things that I'm looking for. It also helps that we get great kids that want to be involved in in the leadership segment of of our our organization. They they're just they're neat. They they're great kids. They are 
they're good with academics. They're very involved in their own school and not just in theater, but they, they're very well-rounded and that helps because they understand um, people and what drives students in Texas to get involved in theater and the arts. So I know of at least two, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but I know of at least two, how many ITOs have come out of Texas during your time? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think we're close to five or so, okay. maybe more. Yeah. ITO is a totally different bird. Oh, I yeah. will say that. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that this year, right now, we're, we're, we have a candidate that is still running, I think. Um, it, that is another long process. Yeah, yeah. And representation at that level is not a bad thing. It keeps us in the loop. But that is a, an even more difficult job because of the amount of school yeah, that those students miss. Yeah. miss. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, becomes, it becomes some work for their director, too, I'm, I'm assuming. But, yeah. I think it becomes a problem because they're not just their directors anymore. They have an obligation to the entire United States right. and now Canada um, yeah. to to be willing to give up weekends right. and spend it with other kids. And so you you lose you lose that kid. Whereas we we try to keep the state thespian officers down to only meeting. Uh, three three times during the school year where they physically have to go on site during school. Um, but we we meet almost every Sunday night via computer. So that's um, that's some of the stuff that they do behind the scenes. I mean, are there other things that STOs do that, you know, you, you mentioned the planning, the, the meeting once a week practically – uh, and I'm sure it gets more frequent as we get closer to festival. Uh, but what are some of those behind-the-scenes things that, that a lot of directors and students that might be interested in doing it would, would want to know or need to know? I would say the, the fun part for the kids is their team building um, in in a whole. They come out of festival uh, in tears because they've spent an entire year with a group of people that they just really love. Um, they work hard at the the normal things such as, you know, designing T-shirts, designing um, logos and, and things that we really want to promote for us and for Texas. But they also spend some time learning about really our advocacy like we we talk about writing to our senators and we talk about uh the possibility of local leaders seeing how important theater is and that's a big push for us this year they um also develop their workshops that they give that last year we really took a huge step with the leadership program and offered three leadership days across Texas. And this year we're going to expand that one more. We're going to do four. We do one in June at the end of our camp uh, that we go to. And then we'll have three of them in August trying to help other troops become more effective because we're not just trying to 
put the STOs on a pedestal. We're trying to build better leaders with them, and then they in turn turn around and help other troops develop better leaders because then teachers, directors are getting more support and they're getting a stronger group of kids to work in their programming. So, you know, we do have a little bit of fun. We go to camp, but we are spending a lot of time developing all of our social media for the year, um, our opening and closing ceremonies, things like that. Uh, junior festival the kids work that throughout the year as well. And we try to promote going to see theater around where the kids live. We have 16 STOs this year, and they live in 16 different towns. So we're trying to get them out and about to celebrate theater throughout our state and recognize that through their social media. So, so just, you know, keeping them busy. <laughs> why a duck? Hey, now, because <laughs> sometimes you have to be silly. And a few years ago, Amy and Darla had been at a conference, and someone had talked about how do you get kids to meet other kids? And the idea of putting names on the bottom of the ducks to where they had to find their partnership worked. And there's this really cool costume that is a duck that, for some reason, a theater kid cannot not speak to a character. Uh, so it, it just it builds some camaraderie. It gives us uh, something in common that we can talk about and celebrate. And it was a fun idea and it's still working and the kids really look for that duck every year so it's pretty awesome i, I think it's funny <laughs> i think it's funny and and a lot of you know there are a lot of teachers out there that did not do the ttec conference this year but um i i find it to be i don't know if it's a good sort of uh um what's the word i'm looking for uh a social experiment i guess to see that at the at the kids festival there's a duck that is super popular and that is recurring but at the adult festival at least for the next few years there's a plastic box filled with money that is <laughs> yes. the popular hit attraction for the adults so and now i will say that i'm sure the money would go over well with the kids oh, too but yeah <laughs> but the thing is is it does it it gives them something to identify with yeah and that gives them something to talk about so that it keeps relevant. Yeah. And both, so both make, cool. and I know, and, and I, you know, I don't want to, I would never reveal who's actually in the duck, of course, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, it makes both, both of those examples make you have to act kind of out of your element. Um, you know, it, 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 it really does. Yeah. Cause you're jumping around trying to grab fake money. <laughs> and you look like a fool or you're in a duck costume trying to entertain with um webbed feet so well i just want you to know that soon you know we might expand the duck we we've got some youngsters coming up that are learning to walk that i'm sure might just uh follow that duck around soon <laughs> we need so that we'll see what's the one that the, <laughs> like that that uh clutch you know oh I, I know orbit has one too but the the one that's filled with air that like like kind of lunges at you a little bit we need we need a version of that 
Well, you know, and with our new uh, leadership T-shirts, who knows what might get um, <laughs> flung out over the crowd uh, this year. Okay. What has your experience with Texas Thespians as not just a volunteer, well, I mean, you're, you're always a volunteer, but simply a volunteer uh, before getting on the board, all of that together, the culmination of all those years, how has that made you a better teacher or director? Well, you always hope it's made you better. I think it's definitely opened me up to new experiences, meeting new people, stepping outside my comfort zone, definitely, because I've, I learned to be confident enough to begin volunteering at the national level to where I actually run the main stage uh, from a stage management perspective at nationals now. Uh, meeting great people that you learn from. I think it's really hard to get good professional development sometimes, uh, and especially prior to what we've begun doing as Texas Thespians, to get quality professional development. I found the best way to do that was by being involved in, and watching what other people did, watching what other students knew, and how teachers shared that information, especially loading in and loading out shows to main stage, uh, the marathon shows, yeah. seeing what other teachers were doing. That was, that was huge learning curve for me. Um, because, you know, we're, we're kind of one man wonders sometimes. And until you get into a program that's big enough to have two, three directors, you don't really know how to do it any other way than, the way you forged. So for me, I would say that Thespians has given me a place to definitely be part of something bigger than myself. Um, I've had the privilege of, of actually both of my kids being STOs and seeing the number of people that, that they've grown to know and um, the willingness that they have in sharing ideas and thoughts and just being kind i think when you surround yourself by by differences and a plethora of people you just open yourself up to being better and hopefully that's really what i've learned in the last 15 years or so that i've just been willing to step outside of my box and and help others Curtain call. Okay. The name of the company is Talented Tenth Theater. Okay. And uh, we've been in existence six years. I've been teaching theater uh, at different places. Like I said, I did the ensemble and a number of different schools uh, for over 20 years, although I'm only 18 years old. But uh, <laughs> so uh, six years ago, I started out to actually... Uh, uh, start a company that would train students because a lot of times I, I do everything in theater. I started out acting, then I directed, and then I started doing lighting, sound, stage managing, production managing. I film, I edit, I build sets, light. Everything is as far as production wise, I always do. So, what would end up happening is uh, under that current um, 
under that umbrella down there, a number of my students and at, at the schools that I was working at, they would always uh, ask me, well, Mr. Jones, what are you doing now? Well, well, Mr. Jones, how do you do this? How do you do this? Oh, Mr. Jones, I didn't know you do that. So I was like, you know, it would be great that, you know, I would always let them watch me and try to talk to them while I'm actually working on something for a set or whatever show we were doing. And then I said, it would be great if there was something or a way that I could actually teach you all all the things that I do. So uh, six years ago, I started a company, Talented Tent Theater, and its sole purpose is for full production. So uh, we don't, you're going to learn the front of the stage, you're going to learn behind the stage, you're going to learn all the different aspects you're going to, uh, theater. Uh, so we do everything. I and mean, when I say everything, I mean everything, just from contemporary shows to Shakespeare and Greek, and we do all of this. So a number of the students throughout the city that I've been working with, they followed me over there, and that's how Talented Tenth was started. And I've known uh, a good number of them I've had since they were like six years old. So now my my primary crop of students, my major students, are now seniors. So I have a, like a whole group that's leaving. So everywhere I go, uh, most of them over at, at uh, High School of Performing Visual Arts, uh, have some at Carver, have some at Bridgegate. They're like all over the city. And most of them have gone on into um, uh, theater in, in a college. So that's one of the things that we do, and we keep on adding on to different things. So uh, our summer program is a four-week session. We actually do two of them. They're two uh, sessions back-to-back. And uh, the everything that we do is uh, it adds up to a culminating performance. And uh, we do everything. We have um, audition day. We also have a, a, what we call industry day, where we invite people from different uh, theaters, different uh, uh, talent agencies, and things like that. And they come out to uh, critique the students for their uh, industry day. And uh, they get to see them do um, uh, contrasting monologues. They get to see them uh, sing uh, individual solos. They also do individual dance solos. So our our... Our program has everything. When I tell you we're always busy and there's always something to do, there's always something to do. So, And they go to classes every day. You take uh, vocal classes. You're going to take uh, theater classes. You're going to take uh, tech classes. You're going to take writing classes. You're going to take uh, uh, editing classes. And when you get to a, a talented 10th show, the, our show is divided into two acts. Our first act is a mixture of different things. So we have beginner, intermediate, and advanced students. The advanced students write scenes, and they direct the scenes, they film a trailer for the scene, and they edit it, they design the lights, they program the lights, they program the sounds, do it QLab and everything, and everything is already set. So when you come to the show, you get to see a trailer for the actual scene that they've written, and then you actually see the scene. Trailer, scene, trailer, scene. And the advanced students also get to uh, perform in group group scenes. Like we have the classical, uh, we usually do, uh, uh, like I said, Shakespeare or Greek. And then there are also a group uh, dramatic scene as well. And they also do group uh, lyrical dances, group uh, 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 hip-hop dances. And that's all in Act 1. Act 2 is a big 
one act show that I write based on the students that are in that program. So I never know what it's going to be until the end of the first week. They start their second week and that show has been written for them. They, so it has all of the students, no matter what level you're in. And it's all in a culminating performance. So Talented 10 Theater, we do absolutely everything. I get tired just by talking about it, yeah, <laughs> but it uh, like, yeah. there, it's always something to be done. So when when is, you said it's four weeks, When it, when are the four weeks? The first week uh, this this year is June 3rd through June 28th, and we'll have a show on the 28th and the 29th. And our second session starts uh, July 1st through July 26th, and we'll have a show on the 26th and the 27th. It's Monday through Friday, 8 to 3.30 uh, p.m. We also have an extended day for those that need to stay longer or whatever. So, and we're housed at we're uh, housed at Progressive New Hope Baptist Church. What's a place that they can find information? Oh, uh, you can go to our website. Our website is it's kind of long. www.talentedtenttheater.wix.com backslash Broad J Production. I know that's long. Okay. Or okay. The, the easiest way I just tell people is Google B R O D J Production. And you'll come up on Talented Ten Theater, our website. Okay. We also have Facebook. We also have our email. Our email, you, know, you can always email us at uh, Talented Ten Theater at yahoo.com. Talented Ten Theater at yahoo.com. All right. So, Backdoor Theater has a long history of youth programming success. Um, many, many years ago, over 50 years ago, they started a summer program called Summer Youth Musical where all the kids would get together and they would just, you know, go by the whole traditional, let's find a barn and put on a show. And that's what they did. So for 50 years, they've been doing that. And then about five years ago, um, I came in and started a year-round program um, on arts education department. And we currently... Um, this summer, we're doing three shows. We're in current rehearsing for Peter and the Starcatchers, which is going to be performing at Texas Nonprofit Theater's Youth Festival in June in Irving, Texas. Um, we are currently working on Freaky Friday musical for our summer youth musical. The summer camp coming up for elementary kids called Musical. It's by Beat by Beat Press, which is a great press, by the way, for some fun. Summer project, some project, summer project. And the thing that I love about our summer um, theater academy, the music with the elementary students, is that my students get a chance to come back and um, be part of the production. They get to come in and learn skills with directing and choreography and costume design. And all of that stuff. So my old kids actually run and help direct the show for the camp. And so they get some experience giving back to the little ones. And the little ones get experience working with a myriad of different kids who have um, a higher level of arts education and um, get to do a show. So it's an incredible program, and um, we're really, really proud of it. So what separates your program from some other summer programs? So, first of all, my program is inclusive. We do, we accept anyone, no matter what level they're at. Um, there's no, um, you must have 
had 12 years of arts education in order to qualify in our program. It's inclusive. So we specialize in providing a safe, inclusive, and loving environment. The biggest thing that separates us from the other programs is we really do take these kids as family. Um, we have projects and things that we do all year around with them. And we are a little bit crazy in that we kind of stalk the kids in a good way. <laughs> and we celebrate every accomplishment that they make throughout the year. So I have, you know, kids who are in sports as well. And they do really well with their sports team. We celebrate that. We post that up and we um, celebrate that. So I do believe that everything you do helps you become a well-rounded performer. And so we celebrate everything accomplishment they have and that makes for a very strong loving and family-oriented environment and we are proud of that uh, what is something that if you had a kid come back 10 15 20 years later what's something that you think that they would say they remember from your program the biggest compliment i have is when students come back and say i want to come and work in this program that's my biggest compliment. My goal was to create a program where students wanted to come back and give back to the program that helped raise them. And I do feel like we helped raise them in some respects. Um, myself grew up in a youth theater program, and I was always a scholarship kid. And um, I created programs simply because of what was given to me as 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 a as a teenager as a youth i had a safe place to spread my wings and explore my art in a safe and positive environment and i wanted to give that back to kids i felt like it was my duty to do that and whenever i have kids come, come to me and say i want to come and be part of this um, when i'm coming home from school from school for college or whatever that makes me insanely proud because it means what I have given and what the program has given to the kids is valuable enough that they want to continue that tradition. And I love that. So any information on our youth theater programs can be found on our website, www.backdoortheater.org, B-A-C-K-D-O-O-R, C-N-R-E.org. Theater Off the Square in Weatherford, Texas. A small community theater, which is nonprofit, and we started our seven years ago, and we started it off with a camp that connected the the uh, youth production that we do with the camp itself. Until we had to had so many kids that we had to double cap the show. So at that point, we decided to make the camp separate from this production. We have a three-week camp for ages or kids going in grades one through nine. One week is for those going into grades one and two, and then two weeks for grades three through nine. The way our camp is set up now is it has a morning and afternoon, cla morning and afternoon classes, and uh, the kids can choose from uh, what of classes they want to take one in the and one in the afternoon you do um, if they do an all for one week then they can bring their, they can do all day for two for one week they can do half a day in the morning, half a day in the afternoon it's their choice 
And we have, uh, this year we have classes such as musical theater, uh, playwriting, fight choreography, performing in sign language, improvisation, costuming, theatrical makeup, which includes um, makeup, uh, two kinds of makeup that is character makeup and uh, theatrical beauty and character makeup. The other one is sci-fi, fantasy, and special makeup. And then have um, theatrical masks and shake theater basics and uh, dance for musical theater. And those are for the kids that are entering grades three through nine. And then little ones, one and two, one and two, we usually talk about theater basics for their age level. And then we put on a little production at the end of the week. Um, all three weeks, kids will do a spotlight on Friday for their uh, and family so that they can see what the kids have throughout the week. Um, as I said, we have a small community theater, so we are in space, but we do what we can. We have kids in the green room. We have kids in the dressing rooms. We have kids in the, in the house. Just even in our if we need to, we just put them wherever we need them. They have, a, they have a blast. We have quality teachers. We have students from our uh, theater department at our high school and our college that come in. And um, it's been very successful, and we're hoping to have another successful year, this being our seventh year. Well, uh, what's mm -hmm. the, how do we get a hold of you? Okay. So um, uh, theateroffthesquare.org is our website. And um, it's theater R E. Minor wisdom.